And just like getting off from a Russian cybernetic Marvel X-Men character in the Yukon, we've got you one big old Omega Wargasm coming. That was for all my nerds out there. Nobody else has fucking any idea what I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, this is... Basty, this is the last show of the year. This is, and it's the first time we're talking about it on Beefsteaks Podcast because it fucking crept up on us. Didn't it did. It? it did. Well, I mean, you know, it is, you know, December 31st right now, so you think we would have figured it out, but. <laughs> it could be, I guess, depending on when you're listening to it. Right. Wait 20 days and listen to the show. <laughs> I'll change the title. <laughs> Wait 20 days. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is it. You know, I've, I think everybody, even in these downtrodden and, and no traveling times, we've learned from experience during between the uh, Christmas and New Year's season. It's nigh impossible to keep a, a quality podcast going while also keeping a quality family life going. So, I mean, as shitty a podcast host that it makes us, we, we went for... Family life instead, I'm sorry. That's the way it goes. Hey, but for the record, I think this year we've had the least breaks of any year of B-Sticks podcast so far. Oh, and speaking of breaks, Pasty, did you hear that in the 2024 Olympics, breaking is going to be an actual event? I might actually watch a fucking Olympic event this, this in 2024. Breaking as in... As in breakdancing, b-boy, and oh, fucking nice. bust move. That is badass. Gah, I might actually finally watch an Olympic event. I haven't for well over a decade. I mean, it's a lot now. harder to breakdance than it is to throw a disc, right? Oh, I'm telling you. I was talking to somebody at work, and they were like, why? And I was like, I don't know, because I'd rather watch that than curling. I just want to see somebody who specializes in breakdancing win other gold medals across the board because they're so athletic. Right? See them bust a move on the curling field. <laughs> I'd like to see them on the uh, the old balance beam in the Is gymnastics. Is that the Summer Olympics or the Winter Olympics? It's 24. Remember I just said 24? Okay. So they're, they're 24. It's 24. Summer? Let's put it this way, Pasty. 2020 was supposed to have a Summer and or Winter Olympics, but that got postponed until 2021. So it's not the one that's going to be in 2021. It's the one in 2024. Okay. Which is? A thing. I don't know. I don't pay attention. I think it was supposed to be the Winter Olympics this year. I think no, it's Winter. Olympics. No, Summer Olympics this year. I think it's yeah. Winter Olympics. And I think it's I think it's supposed to Who be. Who knows? In, by the year 2024, it could be Space Olympics. Isn't it right? In uh, Summer Olympics, isn't it Tokyo and Summer Olympics and Paris for Winter Olympics? I don't I know. Don't, I really don't know. Let's... I don't do those things. I don't watch American football. I'm not going to sit and watch the Olympics nine times out of ten. Okay, 2024 is Summer Olympics, and that is in Paris. Okay, makes sense, because why would you have breakdancing in the Winter Olympics? Except breakdancing on ice would be badass. you can do that. Well, because you can do it indoors, I think. I think most Winter Olympics ones are ones you can do indoors, aren't they? Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. This is a wrestling podcast. Uh, it used to be. <laughs> We're changing up the format. 
We're now Tokyo is the 2021 Olympics is, is Tokyo. There you go. All right. Things things happen sometimes, the you know? more you know. Oh, and Beijing is the 2022 Olympics. Fucking watch out, bad eaters. 2022. We don't have Olympics yeah. every year, do we? Every it's two every, years. Every two years. Oh, I yeah. suppose, because it was supposed to happen in 2020. Can't you just say it doesn't happen? I mean, just as many people watched it. <laughs> ain't that the truth? It is. Until they bring breakdancing in, ain't nobody watching anyways. God. Nobody can handle three hours of Raw a week. Nobody can handle a week's worth of Olympic sports. <laughs> Well, you know, basically one thing that the Olympics and pro wrestling have in common is that um, they both, well, yeah, they have history and they both travel the globe. They go all over the the glo- the world. They go to multiple continents. And, like you know, COVID. I think like COVID. And that brings us to this week in pro wrestling history for a year end special international edition of TWIPH. Where we take a look at three historic matches, Pasty, all of which took place on December 11th. That'd be the anniversary today. But they took place in different decades in different countries. For the first, we head to East to 1975, Tokyo. When All Japan Pro Wrestling came to Budokan Hall for the first time ever. In the main event, Giant Baba and the Destroyer defeated Dory Funk Jr. and Jumbo Tsutra. Tsuruta! I was close. Jumbo Tsuruta. All, um, all Hall of Famers, no doubt. And if you think names like Giant Baba and the Destroyer are pretty generic. They might seem generic, but they got so much history and lineage. Uh, feel free to check them out in your YouTube machine. But next, Pasty, we head back to the most American of states, Virginia, where in 1988, Dusty Rhodes, Sting, and Lex Luger fought NWA U.S. champion Barry Windham and NWA tag team champions the Road Warriors in a slobber knocker of a match that actually ended in a double disqualification because how can all of those egos and muscles and talent stand in one ring? God, the ring should have collapsed. And finally, in 1999, we take a trip south of the border for AAA's Guerrera de Titans, War of the Titans, in Cuidad Madero, Mexico. There, El Messias defeated Dr. Wagner Jr. in a Domo de la Muerte Thunderdome cage match to win the AAA Mega Championship. Why the fuck aren't they suing WWE? <laughs> because they copyrighted they it, jacked it from the road warrior <laughs> right <laughs> domo de la muerte actually sounds way better than thunderdome really i'm pretty does. sure it translates into death dome yeah, yeah it really and, uh, does if you, if you translate it exactly but <laughs> yeah i like domo de la muerte head so that good better. you die yep you damn right it is that's some dome baby should put some chrome on that dome. 
Oh, it is good. It's fun to it's fun to look back at multiple generations and multiple countries and just hear some name you know all over the world and and throughout time. Names like Giant Baba, Dory Funk Jr. obviously stand out, I think, to most folks. Then you got Dusty Rhodes, Sting, Road Warriors. Come on, who doesn't know all of them? And then you bring that into even the turn of the century, 1999. Still like El Messias, Dr. Wagner Jr. I think most people who know any Hispanic wrestling know those two names. They're they're huge names. Just just awesome. And and. To think that on the same day such huge events could happen, not on the same day at the same time, but in, in these different decades. Wrestling, man, wrestling, it's its one of those things. You're never going to find, like, in multiple decades on the same day on different countries where this football game happened that was so amazing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, just, no. it's not going to happen. I don't Maybe care how soccer. big of a football game you are. Maybe football. Football. They got some diehards. Uh, yes, fantastic. A little trip through time and across the world. And Pacey, you talk about diehards, man. There are some folks that, uh, it, it is the season with it being Christmas, man. Some folks died hard in the uh, NXT War Games 2020. I'm going to yes, tell you what. they did. It, um, it, it, it was kind of a, an up and down, if you ask me personally. But to be honest, I, I think it ended up better than what I expected going into it. Yeah, I think it was more up than down, but I definitely get where you're coming from. There was some lackluster matches on this card for sure. There was some sleeper matches on this card for sure. And this you know what? I, trip. This was such a good uh, show. And it... it I wouldn't say it's super short, but it didn't feel long. I went back, I rewatched it, and I had two completely different thoughts of two different matches that kind of, after I sat down and watched them outside. To be honest, also, I got to put this up front. The first time I watched this, I was ready for bed within the first half hour. Like, I was more out. The best way to watch wrestling is asleep. (laughs) So, um, so I was kind of. in and out and groggy through the whole thing. Other than when the men's war games match came on, I popped right up and I paid full attention. So I knew that was great, but um, yeah, this is, this is going to be, this was something, something different pasty. It was uh, an interesting show. I did not catch this pre-show and I almost wished I would have. What was the pre-show pasty? Well, it was a six-man tag match seeing Legado del Fantasma, the team of Santos Escobar, Raul Mendoza, and Yaquin Wild, defeating Kurt Stallion, Ashante, The Adonis, and August Gray. Yeah, I didn't watch either. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I watched the main card twice and I couldn't find one moment. <laughs> Again, it, it does sound good. Um, I don't know. Eight minutes for all six of these folks. I have a feeling they all got one really good spot in that we always see from them. And that was about it. It seems like your typical WWE. Well, let's just put them on and get them a pity. One good spot. We always see from them. I've never seen any of these people compete. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> tasty! Come on, really? I just, 
I gotta be real. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that. <laughs> uh, nobody watches NXT for the pre-show. We don't watch any real pay-per-views for the pre-show. Why would you watch NXT for it? With that being said, something I was excited to watch NXT War Games for is what started out the show, and I think I think this was a great way to start out the show. We had the Women's War Games match, Team Candice, which consisted of Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm, defeated Team Shotzi, which was Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. You know, I was super excited for this match going in. Last week, I even said I thought this was going to be my match of the night. I don't think it turned out that way. Um, This was, overall, a very good match. Uh, Started with Dakota Kai and Ember Moon, and and that was rough. Um, I don't know if it's Dakota Kai being green or Ember Moon's completely new moveset, but it was very, very rough starting and I would say it was it felt to me like amateur hour until uh, Raquel Gonzalez got in the match. And then I think things kicked off. And I'm going to Gon- go out on a limb here, too, and say in this run, Gonzalez is my, like, MVP of the night in this match. Oh, the, the very first fucking line I have in my notes, Gonzalez was the star here. Yeah. She yeah. definitely was. Um. To take nothing away from, you know, you, you talked about Dakota Kai. I think Dakota Kai was actually kind of the, the glue of this match. She she got, she got took a lot of bumps. Um, she popped up just in time to, to get things moving. She seemed to really be, she felt to me, you know, you, you said the beginning felt kind of like amateur hour. And I, I don't dismiss that either. The beginning was an awkward beginning, and I think my guess was that they were both just trying to pace themselves and it came off awkward. But I think in the long run, Dakota Kai felt like a veteran because she seemed to always be there when they needed something to happen, whether it was for her to help her team gain advantage or whether it was for her to take a bump and and fall for the other team. I was really impressed with her work here. Now, Gonzalez, I think, was the star. Dakota Kai felt like the uh, silent partner that made it that much more enjoyable. But... um. And I'll Raquel give her credit, Kai started off rough, but she did improve as the as the match went on for sure. Yeah, she seemed to be made for this multi-person match here. Which, yes. Uh, obviously, this is the biggest match of Raquel Gonzalez's career. She's, I think, two years in the game, uh, which was super impressive. And I would not be surprised to see her in an NXT Women's Championship scene in the future. In the oh, very near future. In the very near future, yeah. Yeah, I think that'll be our... Our kickoff of 2021 is seeing her crown champion. Yeah. I also don't think that uh, – I don't think any of the, the women on the the losing side really – I don't think they lost anything. They're, they're all the established stars, you know. The, Except for Shotzi, who's new to well, the company. Well, I, I guess she's new to the company, but she's definitely an established star. And I, uh, star. and I think as far as people coming in from the – Indies, she was probably more well known than most anybody else. I mean, she yeah. came in at almost a main event level. I mean, I mean she given she, her a tank and shit. Yeah, she got the rub with the tank entrance. I mean, you don't oh, need to win yeah. the match at that point. <laughs> I think she's definitely established to to the to the NXT fans for the most part. 
But the heels felt like they had something to prove. They were the underdogs. You and I even both said it when we were doing the predictions. We said, this seems very one-sided. There's no way that Team Candice is winning. And mm-hmm. they, I think they did prove themselves. And um, I think it also helped because Io Shirai is going to need strong challengers going forward. And all of the... Other, you know, other than Tony Storm, who I know is an amazing talent, she didn't come off as much to me in here. But otherwise, I think it helped make the the heels look strong. Great booking, creative violence, strong performances from from all of the wrestlers. This was a great way to start a war game show. Yeah, yeah. Tony Storm really was kind of just filler in this match, and it felt weird. Uh, but she could do so much more. We, we do got to take a moment to talk about Io Shirai and her escapades with trash cans as she oh. was not allowed to get into the ring and locked out and and then climbed up the outside with a trash can, which is more than most men's wrestlers can do in any Hell in a Cell match. Right. <laughs> and then put the trash can on and did a suicide dive off on everybody below. But more so amazing than that was when Dakota Kai did the the super stomp off the top turnbuckle onto her, the trash can while she was in it, and the fucking trash can crumpled in such a way that she was actually trapped inside of the trash can, and Dakota Kai was, like, trying to pry it off of her. That, that to me, was awesome. And she didn't fucking break her legs. I When I seen that, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, she's out the rest of the match. I yeah, thought I she- thought so, too. So both of them, I, I agree with you. I think uh, Kai doing that was amazing. Io Shirai, just when she stood up there, I looked at my son and I was like, that takes fucking balls. She cannot see where she's going. She is 100% relying that everybody in that ring is going to do exactly what they yeah. need to do to make sure she doesn't die. She's the Darby Allen of NXT. Holy shit. With that his was... body bag toss. Oh, so fucking awesome. I will say something right now that I, I think now's the best time for me to say it um, because it does affect the whole match. They, they had so many weapons in this match, which isn't horrible, but every, I think every match, God, I think almost every, didn't every match have fucking weapons in it in one way or the other. I don't think Champa Thatcher did. Oh, uh, you're, you're right. Jumpa Thatcher. Well, didn't. their weapons in their own right. We'll get to that. Right. But the strap <laughs> match, you know, you had the strap and then they used things. And the three-way, you know, WWE's rule, it's a three-way, anything goes. I've still never understood why that's a rule. Just because there's three people, there's no rules. I don't get that. You've never been in a threesome with Vince McMahon. And, um, <laughs> and then in the men's war games, even though, um, even though a lot of the weapons they used creatively, uh, I, somewhere they should have knocked it out. It should have either been the men's match only used tables or the women's match didn't use weapons or, you know, maybe just a It just seemed like way too much. I know it's War Games-themed pay-per-view, but mm. I was sick of weapons before we even got to the final War Games, so that's not yeah. good, I don't think. Yeah, and, and I mean, last year it was the same thing. Last year the women's match used the predominance of the weapons, and then the men basically just had tables. Right. It was it was it's pretty copy and paste. Which would have been good, year. but this year the men just well the men had a shit ton of weapons. They had chairs and they had kendos and there they was had, a couple of chairs and there, I don't cricket. think there was kendos, there was two cricket bats. They had a cricket bat which uh did you that ever catch bent? that reference or not? 
What what reference? That I that I uh, messaged you. You got to know what a crumpet is to play cricket. Oh yeah yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, those, those cricket bats were kind of made out of foam, though. I watched them bend. Yeah, they think, weren't. I don't think they're supposed to bend. Seemed, it just seemed pointless. But we'll get into that going on. I just wanted to bring that up here. Mm. I will say I gave this match an A+. I think as far as a War Games match goes, um, have we seen better? I don't know. Have we seen worse? Yes. Yeah. So I'm not dismissing anything. I don't think this is the best War Games ever. We've had A-plus War Games in the past. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I think I think this it was a good match. It, like I said, it started off rough, which it, it's not. I'm not going to give it no A plus. It ended really well. the 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 main part of it was good. It was it was solid, but I'm not not going to say it was the best. Um, yeah. There you go. Then we had, holy Christ, uh, Tommaso Ciampa defeating Timothy Thatcher. And the only match that didn't really have any kind of stipulation to it. And wow. They didn't need a stipulation. No. (laughs) A stipulation would have hurt this match, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you you like good, hard-hitting, physical, catch-as-catch, pro-wrestling, like I do, if you like to see two guys go in there and wrestle and then two guys go in there and beat each other, Champa and Thatcher gave it to us. I the mean, next person who tells you wrestling's fake, just have them sit down and watch this match because I don't think there was any fake in it whatsoever. They went out there and they beat the shit out of each other, Pasty. They did. And there was nothing on the line other than bragging rights. It's I'm a better wrestler than you. Uh-huh. That was technical. It. Lots of ground and just grappling and transitions and being dominant. By the end of this match, I was like, oh my God, Timothy Thatcher is like the second coming of Chris Benoit. Look at him. He, he's got the face for it, too. Family. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and gotta learn hello, from your mistakes. when fucking Ciampa fuck busted open Thatcher's ear with Dude, that almost fucking almost ripped it the wicked... fuck off. Oh, I felt it. That hurt me. I was, was sitting here and I was like, Was it the knee or the kick? Oh, shit. Because there it was, was a the kick knee. And I'm a pretty knee. sure it was the knee. Yeah, I'm the knee pad sure. ripped it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the knee is, is what I think it was. But it's just like, you know, that's one of those things. It's like, that's not blading. He didn't cut open his forehead. He got right. his ear fucking ripped halfway off. It was unintentional, off. but that's that's badass on Mick Foley deathmatch in Japan levels. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fucking awesome. And some of the strikes they unloaded on each other, they were so very stiff. I mean, this, I felt like I was watching a New Japan Strong Style match. I felt like this was for the Never yeah. Openweight Championship, Basty. Yes, yes. No, this was amazing. I think it brought out a side of Ciampa that I haven't really seen. And it really introduced me to who Timothy Thatcher is, and I'll be watching him closely going forward. But seriously, let him use the crossface. Give him the crossface. Yeah, I, I'm okay with that. I, I understand not letting him. I do understand it. Um, but I also Sa- say Sasha Banks can use it. Let him. I I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I've been a huge Thatcher fan since he started because I feel like yeah, because he he's gonna bring that that technical wrestling that I absolutely love into the game. Uh, This was a realistic wrestling match. It looked like it hurt. You know, um, anybody tells you wrestling's a fake. You haven't watched this match to tell you where the fake is. Yeah. And, and Champa, you know, he sees the opening and, uh, and the very, the the ending was cool with, uh, you know, the nod from Champa to Thatcher 
but then uh but then Thatcher kind of made it look like this might not be over you know what I mean yeah there was like that it felt very ring of honor in that I would bet be down for a part two of this match and, and I would and more than that I want to see Thatcher versus Daniel Bryan that would be awesome I I would love to see a uh I'd love to see this match again in maybe a submissions or I quit match. Yes. But if it's an I quit match, I don't want it to be uh, an I quit match where you bring out all the weapons and cheese graters and that. Right, I want no, it to yeah. be a keep using the holds and keep busting each other with your forearms and stomping your, you know, stomping on their jaws. That kind of I quit match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved, I loved this. I gave it an A minus. We need an NXT pure championship. God, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Ah, uh, then we had, well, I suppose I, I introduced the last one. You go right ahead. That's all right. We got a strap match. We got Dexter oh, Loomis. an excuse for a strap. I, I don't know that I'd call this a strap match. <laughs> oh, well, it was a strap match. It was Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. Um, You know, they did the, the typical beats of a strap match. It wasn't. Um... Is it typical beats to say, oh, we're not using that strap. We're using this one. <laughs> that was stupid, and I didn't get it other than it gave Grimes a second to get on top in the beginning. And, and you know, I, and it's maybe cause I'm an old school guy. I like the four corners strap match personally. Yeah. yeah. But, um, cause you have to incapacitate. not only do you have to incapacitate your opponent, but then you literally have to physically move their dead weight also. And I've always liked that. This, um, you know, Dexter Loomis, anybody who watched, um, Samuel Shaw and Impact Wrestling knows his character work is great, but this match just failed to deliver at the level of an NXT TakeOver match, Pasty. Yeah, no, I did not get, like, a, a precise precision killer out of him in this match. I didn't get that vibe whatsoever. He got his ass kicked for most of it. Yeah, and, I mean, Grimes really, I think Grimes busted his ass to help make this more than your your regular old tired gimmick match, but it, this match really, I wanted it to be so good, but it just fell flat for me. This was all about Loomis though. I, I give them that they, they had an idea where they were going. It just failed to deliver with what it should have. I think I could see where they wanted to take me. They just didn't bring me all the way. There's the way I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. This was it was fairly lackluster. Um, it didn't make sense for a war games takeover. I guess maybe a regular takeover it might have done better, but even still, this didn't feel like a takeover caliber match. Period. No, no, and it's a shame because honestly, Cameron Grimes. I mean, I think if at any moment Triple H lets him, he can be a, a main eventer in NXT. Oh, yeah. He is so amazing. He's Don't awesome. Let him go to the main roster. And um, I, I'm hoping that Dexter Loomis benefits from this win and moves on to a different program that maybe works with his character more. This just this didn't do it for me. Grade C, I gave it. I just it didn't do it for me. Yeah. Maybe on a lesser show it would seem better, but no, there was a lot of good stuff on this show. Well, you gotta have a bit of a lull before a peak. And uh, that brings us into the next match, which was your three-way North American Championship match. Seeing my pick, Gargolanus, defeating Damian Priest and Leon Ruff. 
You know, I, I quite liked this match. It was a match where each character had their individual role and they played it to a T. Jar Johnny Gargano being the maniacal brains, Damian Priest being the power, and Leon Ruff being incredible speed. You know, for a small guy who would normally come off as a joke like Marco Stunt or Cheeseburger, I, I think Leon Ruff was a little bit easier to take seriously because of how quick and quick-witted he was. Yeah, I didn't see it the same way you did. I thought they made Leon Ruff look weak, and I thought that's really bad being as he was the champion coming in. He didn't get much offense at all. And I know you're against Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano, but in a triple threat match, throw the guy a bone. He should be able to pick up some shit here and there. And the fact that he trusted, you know, Johnny Gargano, the, the evil Johnny Gargano, and gave his, his trust into him when they double-teamed Damian Priest, and then Gargano turned on him, and Ruff was, like, totally shocked. Like, how dumb did that? To me, that made him look dumb. <laughs> he shouldn't have looked shocked. Definitely not. <laughs> exactly. I, I think this, this match, I, they, I thought the opposite of this, I like thought how... it buried Leon Ruff. They booked, they booked this, though, like how a fan like me would look at it. You know, you're looking at the card for the night. Oh, Johnny Gargano, Damian Priest, and Leon Ruff. I'm not sure who Leon Ruff is. I guess this is more about Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. And that's the way it came off to me, you know. Leon Ruff is a he's, – he's your, he's your uh, 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 chinless James Ellsworth, you know. It, yeah, but that only works if he's not the champion going in. Your, your champion shouldn't play that character. Even an underdog champion shouldn't play that character. But he got, you saw the, the lead into it. He got the championship because Damian Priest helped him. You know, it's yeah. the same thing with Dean Ambrose. And I guess, I guess Ellsworth never won the championship off of AJ Styles, but. And Ellsworth was never meant to be a credible wrestler. He was always going to yeah. be in, you know, he lasted longer than they even wanted him to be. Yeah. Leon Ruff is a legitimate wrestler who can go places. He's not going to be. WWE Universal Champion, we know that, but he can still be NXT North American Champion and and hold it for more than a week. And I don't know, um, Gargano to me was the only one that looked good, and they killed that at the end, needing <laughs> help from twenty seven ghost faces, and that was unnecessary, you know. <laughs> That was just stupid. Was stupid, you know. The the yeah. boogeyman's came out, and then and then the fact that it was that it was Austin Theory. Like, who gives a fuck that it was Austin Theory? I, who's Austin I'm, Theory? I mean, I know who Austin Theory is. He's been I'm, around for I, you know I, I, a couple I, years in NXT, and he's done good. But he's I'm not very I well versed in him. Yeah, I guess I'm not following NXT, but it's like I don't give a shit that it was Austin Theory, other than. You, you want to say the line, Pasty? I thought it was I somebody's it. debut. Yeah, it was me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. I, did. I almost feel like that's why they made it Austin Theory, is just so that he could say that line. Yeah. Because instead yeah, of being like, like it was me, to the Austin, bad joke. it was me, Austin. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I laughed, and I thought that was a great line, and I thought that was, that was cool. So for... For five, ten seconds, I was really into that. Right, yeah. But before he said that, and then ten the seconds after he said it. A whole 20-minute match just for that ten-second like, little yeah. thing. And the thing is, this is going to be uh, Retribution all over again, or Dark Order all over again, or any of those all over again, where we're never going to see the other 26 Ghostface unmasked. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
They probably won't the exist after that, yeah. And I don't want them to, don't get me wrong, but it was pointless to have them then. Right. Yeah, uh, I didn't, I really didn't it, care It definitely, it, it doesn't feel like take or NXT writing, you know what I mean? It feels like something that would be on a main, uh, main car, like main WWE. Like Raw, yeah. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, this was a better match mm-hmm. than the strap match. I gave this a B minus. It was a better match. I there were moments and there were good uh, wrestling moves and things like that, but I just didn't see where it moved the needle on anybody really. And if you're going to have a match at a pay-per-view and yes, these takeovers are, I don't know what you want to call them anymore. Just special events. I don't know, but there should always be some reason to have it there. Yeah. When there's only five matches on this card. Well, the reason was it gave me a point fat Mac and that's why I'm happy. Yeah, up to, uh, we're moving into the main event here, and we are tied 2-2. This was really nail-biting. Yes, indeed. It was kind of impressive. I was And like, it was oh. a shot in the dark for me to pick Gargano. Like I said last week, I only picked it because I decided I wanted to say gargle anus on the show. Right? <laughs> right? I He was the last one I expected to win that. <laughs> I thought it was either going to be Leon Ruff keeping it, which I still think would have been the right move because, you know, it was a joke of a title run or Damian priest, you know, dominating and, and taking it back. Yeah. So I didn't expect uh Gargano to win it back. The first ever three time North American champion. At some point, you just got to say, shut up on the first ever. <laughs> He's old. really just the first guy who refused to get called up to the main roster. That's, that's all that means. <laughs> right. Uh, Bring us on well, that the uh, brings us. Action. That does, yeah. That brings us to the men's war games match, which uh, topped off the show. Came in at a at an overwhelming forty five minutes, almost even. But man, it it, it did not so feel like forty five minutes. It, it was flew so worth by. It there was so many points where it's like, oh, it could end now. But then I was so happy that it didn't. Yeah, it flew yeah. by, and of course, you know, not letting it even start until everybody's in. Oh, we didn't mention that before we get into this. I just want to bring this one thing up, and now it's cool, and then we'll move on. The the fact that they uh, and I forget the gal, the new gal that screwed up Io Shirai and wouldn't let her in or whatever. Uh, but the fact that they kept Io Shirai out and locked the doors, and they're like, now we have the advantage. Well, then they went to make a pin, and the yep. ref wouldn't count it because you have to have all people in. All people have to have entered for the match to actually start. And Io Shirai hadn't entered yet, and I thought that was really clever also. Mm-hmm. Like, the heels were like, oh, here's something we can do to help it, uh, help us out and give us an advantage, but then it's actually a disadvantage. It doesn't work. So that was cool. Moving on to that, we got Undisputed Era reclaiming their War Games title. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and Bobby Fish just just demolished Team McAfee. And I don't mean that literally because it was a back and forth or an, <laughs> it was a nail biter. I never knew who was going to win what. But Team McAfee, of so course. So smart to have them start off with O'Reilly and Pete Dunn because that's, oh. that's the matchup I wanted to see going into this. But well, we so had Pete Dunn, Pasty, we had Danny Birch, we had Oni Lorcan, and of course Pat McAfee, who who paid all of these individuals to to be in a match that they're getting paid to be in. <laughs> Didn't understand that one. Didn't understand that one. But did he pay them I'll less what, or more guys, than what Triple H I'll, paid him? I'll pay you money to be in the main event of a match that you're getting paid to be in already. What do you think? 
<laughs> I didn't understand it, but that's okay. This is pro wrestling. Don't try to add logic to an illogical situation. This was just pure, unadulterated fucking awesomeness. Pasty, what are your thoughts, buddy? It was, <laughs> like I said, a ride. Just, just wild fucking ride. You know, uh, I don't know if it was the women's match or what, but I, I started... The, the the lead in started being a little bit grating was waiting for the match to actually begin and and like i said this match to start out with kyle o'reilly and pete dunn was a fucking genius move on their part because that's wonderful those two are amazing together and i don't know this this was badass team team mcafee had the advantage the whole time which is the way it should be when you're building up this heel side versus the now face undisputed era, which just works so well. I don't know. What do you want to say? This match went on. It was like, it was like three matches in one is what it felt like because there were so many points where it was going to end. And then it just kept going and then it was going to end. And then it kept going. And it's just amazing. The fucking, the, Pat McAfee's team with the Undisputed Era tables with each member's name on the tables. Like, you're going through these. They didn't even, what, one person went through their own table? Yeah, I was going to say, I really did love that, but... They could have went a little bit further with it. Yeah, if nothing else, the person who's... Like, let's say Adam Cole, for instance. Even if Adam Cole isn't going through that table, because, of course, you can't have all the Undisputed Era guys go through the tables. Adam Cole should be the one putting somebody through the table. And... it never quite added up that way, um, but I did. I did love that they each had their name on it. Although I don't remember which uh, announcer it was, but the very last table they pulled out was Adam Cole, which makes sense. He's kind of the de facto leader, even though there's not a leader. Hmm. Um, and <laughs> I don't think he was paying attention, the announcer, because he was like, "Oh, and he pulled a table out that actually that literally has Adam Cole's name on it." But, yeah. <laughs> The other three had the other three members' names on it. This is really surprising. It would have surprised me if it had nobody's name on it. That would have been more crazy. What if it had Pat McAfee's name on it? That would have been a shocker. That would have been a great twist where he pulls that out. (laughs) Then Undertaker puts him through it or something. But yeah, this this match was everything it needed to be. Um, Dunn and O'Reilly through the whole show kind of stole the show. They... They kept getting some of the biggest spots, and that's that's so impressive. Uh-huh. Being as they were in there for forty five minutes. Yeah, and you can't take away anything from Birch or Lorkin too, who acted as the muscle throughout this match, and 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 they were the ones who turned the tide many many times in this match. Yeah, they uh, they to me they kind of fell in the background, but I think i i didn't think it took away from it they were kind of yeah. just when they needed a power move they needed they were it. the auxiliary pat mcgaffey and pete dunn were the stars and they were you know yeah yeah mcgaffey was the face that was only going to do three things but he wanted them to look good pete dunn was the guy who was going to you know he's your uh your sean michaels if you want to say it. the guy that can be in there the whole time and is going to constantly make everybody look good you know, the, the story, of course, was McAfee defying the odds and proving that he belonged. And um, to me, he did that he, in his he first lost. match, but I'm glad he's still trying. Yeah, he lost, but he still he he looks he looks pretty good. Um, again, they they limited they were smart. They limited him to about three, four things. He did a shooting three... star press off the top, though, didn't he? 
Uh, yeah, he did a uh, no, he did a swanton off okay. the top, which, which was cool. And again, for a football player, I, I think it's it, it's super impressive. The fact that we seen Io Shirai do a dive off the top in a garbage can at the beginning made me feel like, eh, it's just a swanton. It's like, just that's an obligatory spot you're gonna have to expect in every war games match is somebody's gonna climb to the top. Yeah, of the but I don't want to do that. I don't like heights. I know. Um, was it Ad, was it Adam Cole? I think it was Adam Cole in the first one or yeah. whatever. He, said yeah. he was scared of heights and he was literally inchworming across the top of it because <laughs> yeah. he was terrified of heights. It was him and so, Champa. Yeah, so it's like so it's super impressive. Don't I'm not taking anything away from it. For this football player to come in here and do a swanton off the top of a fucking cage and then still continue, uh, that was good. This was this was proof positive though. I think we only need one war games match per show. I'm I'm gonna I'm not even done with my review of this, but I'm gonna say I gave this one an A plus and I gave the women's an A plus. But goddamn, both of them either of them would have felt bigger if they didn't have the yeah, other one. If you, if you were able to fuse the two matches together into one amazing match, it could have been the Or best. even just have the exact same match, but then just not the other one to yeah. compare and contrast, you know? Mm. Um, otherwise, uh, what else? To, oh, there is one pretty, uh, again, scary spot where McAfee went to, did McAfee get thrown off the turnbuckle or something? Like, he got pushed by one of them into a table, and it was like he almost missed the table. I think yeah. he, luckily he's a big football player, and his shoulders hit, so it still yeah. broke. But I was like, if he would have been six, five inches shorter, it would have just been his head slapping into that table. Yeah, that was that was almost wow. a bad spot. I did I did remember. Yeah, that. scary, probably um, unnecessary, you know. So, but still excellent physical just crazy uh, it deserved the main event spot and even though o'reilly and dunn i think were definitely the the main event the, the mvps of this one yeah i still have to give mcafee so much props for what he did he didn't look he didn't look bad he didn't look as good as everybody else in there and i wouldn't expect uh, him to no no he looks good he looks good i i believe he is a true professional wrestler now and I will, I will gladly watch his matches going forward. Hopefully, next you feed him to somebody like Champa, you know, really put him through the paces a little bit. Not, not taking anything away from Undisputed Era, but I think I, I would going forward, I would keep him out of the main event spots and not even in any title matches, and just let him get the the green off of him. Yeah, because he looks, you know, he I'm still saying moves he looks around good, like, oh but... my god, I'm in a wrestling ring. This is so cool. Yeah, he looks good as a football player in a wrestling ring. <laughs> yeah. If I were, if we were to put any other wrestler in there who came from the indies and did it, I would say, yeah, he didn't deserve to be in this spot. So I, I hope they do kind of let him, because he, he, I honestly believe he wants to do this. This is what he wants to do, and I think he's going to go far. We've seen other, I mean, how many millions of football players have come in and dominated? I'd say fifty percent of the pro wrestling world started as football players. Hmm. You got Dwayne Johnson, Ron Simmons, Goldberg, and pretty much just almost anybody who's ever been in pro wrestling started as a football player because that's kind of the thing. And then I don't remember if it was after this match or if it was a clip I saw from NXT this week, but Kyle O'Reilly was 
cutting a promo about the match and how him and Dunn went to war and like he's they got respect between each other. And goddamn, I want to see O'Reilly and, and, and Pete Dunn in a tag team together. Yeah, I believe that was from NXT this week. So you're right. Yeah. I did see that also, but um, that would be a badass team. You know, unless. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It would be. I just, I love Undisputed Era as it is. I don't want to see anybody leave it. I don't want to see anybody added to it. Hey, they split up the New Day. They can split up Undisputed Era, too. Yeah, they split up the New Day. They still come down to the ring together. <laughs> Last pay-per-view we seen, all three of them came down. Well, that's because it was a dual-brand pay-per-view. Yeah, but like, if they were like split up, you wouldn't come with them, right? You would have <laughs> yeah. been in the back. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that they, they haven't, like, officially split them up or nothing. Uh-huh. They're just on two brands. I like that. I like that they're keeping the option open, I think. Smart. But if I have to look at it realistically, I'd say Cole and Strong are ready for the main roster. Fish is probably not going to the main roster because he's too old. And O'Reilly's going to be the one left at NXT to kind of re- take the reins. That's that's my thought process. I think O'Reilly could be main roster ready, but I don't think anybody wants him to be there because they're going to fuck him up. But at yeah. some point, Cole and Strong are going to have to go. They're, they're going to have to get called up. I don't want them to. I don't it's, think they'll do good. I mean, Adam Cole could do great up there, but is anybody going to let him? That's, yeah. again, that's Well, the, the only alternate reality I see is where Cole has a nice conversation with Triple H about how he's not signing another contract because he's going to go be with his wife in AEW. AEW. And yeah. I don't see that conversation ever happening. <laughs> I don't think Cole's got the cojones to do it. <laughs> By the way, that was, uh, boy, AEW certainly, um, certainly fucking dropped Adam Cole a lot at, um, on AEW Dark on the, um, the waiting room. There were about four or five different times between, uh, Britt Baker and Dustin Rhodes that they mentioned her, uh, her, her boyfriend because, <laughs> uh, Dustin Rhodes is something about, oh, well, she called him and she's like, for being an 80-year-old guy, you sure do awesome, and you're great, and you know, you're know you better than Cody Rhodes and stuff like that. And he was like, well, this 80-year-old guy got match of the year. Did your did your excellent wrestler boyfriend get match of the year? And then towards the end, I remember Britt Baker saying like, well, my wrestler of the year, or uh, yeah, let's wrap this up because I got to get back home to my wrestler of the year boyfriend. <laughs> they really throw, they wouldn't say Adam Cole's name, but they sure were throwing around her, her boyfriend. So it's like it's good shit. It's like yeah, what the good brothers are doing with with AJ on Impact. Yep. And yeah, I I thought it was cool. I liked uh, it. I just I hope the club calls everybody home. That'd be so nice. Well, that would fuck so much stuff up. You'd have to have AJ leave WWE. Balor would have to leave NXT. Although I don't think he's really adding anything, especially when you look at the fact that he wasn't even on this pay-per-view as their champion. Yeah, there's just... I think the the club worked really well splitting off and doing their own thing because now so many of them, you know, Adam Cole is running Undisputed Era and AJ Styles is one of the top guys in... WWE and like you said, Finn Balor is the top guy in NXT, and you got um, oh, Kenny Omega, who's a top guy, who's the top guy in AEW. Like I think they've all really done done well for themselves. I think they're all doing what they need to do, and you still got Bad Luck Fale and the Tongas holding it down over in New Japan. 
I don't know if I want to see. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing them get together for like a, a one one off. But I think all of them separate are doing so much better for the entire industry. I don't know if they need to all be in the same place at the same time. I think that hurts the industry as a whole. Yeah. A nice reunion would be good though. And then and then like occasional clashes as they come back together. Right. Mostly I just want to see them all fight each other. You know what I mean? It's not so much about seeing them getting along and being friends. I get that with the Dark Order. I just want to see let's them fight just, each other. Let's just have a former Bullet Club Battle Royal. <laughs> there's there's got to be enough people to have a Bullet Club Battle Royal by now. Oh, there 100 is. That's not, that's not even a question. Uh, Especially if you include current and former. Yes. So, Pasty, um, that brings us in. War Games, I picked my boys Undisputed Era. I ended up winning this one, but just by the skin of my teeth. It is, And like you said, and I said, I mean, the whole time I'm watching it, I was texting you, and, and you hadn't even started watching it yet, but when I was texting you, it wasn't even over yet, and I didn't know which one of us was going to win because I knew it was tied. And it's like, oh, shit. And it's like, every time, oh, Undisputed Era's got this. Oh, no. Oh, Team McAfee. Oh, no. It just kept... Yeah, it, oh. it felt so good to have all those false finishes that, that evolved into so much more match than we deserved. And so that's the awesome. way I will state that. And with that being said, on maybe the only pay-per-view I've ever given two A-pluses to since we've started this, I'm still going to say my best match. I'm, I'm going to go with the main event. I think the men's war game eked it out a little, whether it was uh, an A-plus-plus or a... Uh, uh, an S rating or, you know, whatever you want to call it. I think men's war game, best match of the night. What do you got, Pasty? It was super good. It was definitely best match of the night contender. I'm giving it to Champa Thatcher because that match changed me. That's not a bad pick at all. I'm surprised to hear you say that personally because that usually is my... to be saying it. Yeah, that's usually my pick or something, but yeah, fuck, awesome. Nothing against that. I couldn't argue that for a second. Nope, I want to see more of that because that was fucking great. So if you had to give this pay-per-view as a whole uh, a final rating, pasty, grade A through F or whatnot, where are you landing on this as a whole? Fuck. Loomis Graham sucked. Uh, I'm going to say probably like a B minus. I'm giving it a B plus. So I guess that gives our average a uh, B solid. See, B. That's fair. Very, very that, fair. And that's not bad at all. Especially considering this year. Mm-hmm. I like it. Very good. It was, I just, I it was enjoyable. Uh, takeovers where every match is like, it hits that spot and, and they haven't been doing that lately. They're getting better. I, I agree, and I don't know that it'll ever get back to that, just to be honest. Yeah. It'd be cool if it did, but... Well, it maybe would have without COVID, because the what they're saying, what what is being said now, is a lot more uh, main roster talent we're going to end up going back to NXT than just Balor. You were looking at Kevin Owens, who does do the Kevin Owens show on NXT still. Um, so he's doing a little bit with them. Uh, well, Daniel now Bryan the- was going to go back down. Well, now they're sending, like, fucking Keith Lee back down and shit. Yeah, 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 that's so the shit. Vince stupid. says Keith Lee needs more work. Fuck no. you. 
He's one of the best they have on the main roster right now. You just you you want him to wrestle your bullshit main roster matches. Exactly, that's, which that's, we don't want to see. You want him you want him to be fucking Mark Henry and and he that's not that's not who he is. No. And that's not and that's not what brought him to NXT and that's not what brought him up to the main roster. Right. You will bask in his glory, Vince. Or you'll lose him. Somebody else will uh, benefit greatly from his presence. You know, I might be the first one to ever say this about Keith Lee Pasty, but he's limitless. Yeah. He's got limits in in WWE, though, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't know. But just because you have limits in WWE doesn't mean you're not limitless. You can always leave. (laughs) Yeah, right. Ah, fuck. Yeah, that 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 hit me hard this week when when I read that that Vince said he needs more work. I'm like, who? What? Have you yeah. have you never seen him wrestle? I can get people like AJ's bodyguard. Vince likes Otis better when... than Keith Lee. You know that means that, right? Because they had that face off at Survivor Series, <laughs> right? And Otis wasn't on the, the list of names to go down for work. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that at all. I don't get it at all, Pasty, but, you know, everybody has their time, and um, I think it's it's Macho Man's time to bring us into our final Savage Sentinel of the Year, which sadly is our traditional for 2020 shortage Sentinel. Yes, indeed. Ooh, yeah. Snap into it. And we'll kick it off with this here story. WWE's chief brand officer, Stephanie McMahon, and WWE's executive vice president of global talent strategy and domination, no development, Paul Levesque, have been named a Sports Business Journal's 2020 list of most influential executives. This list includes 79 names who made an impact on sports business in 2020, from league commissioners and media executives to union leaders and impactful (laughs) athletes. Union leaders. (laughs) (laughs) Triple H and Stephanie were the only pro wrestling related names to make the list. What? What about AEW? Well, it is most influential sports people yeah, in the business okay. so i mean aew is huge in the wrestling world but yeah yeah they're still not really big in the actual mainstream sports world i would say so but good for them you know for all the shit we give wwe um they they made it through this pandemic um being on top they're probably one of the i like few that companies. it's them and not vince <laughs> I, they're one of the few companies that are doing better at the end of 2020 than they were going into it. Now, is there shitty reasons why they are? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but are those shitty reasons good business practices? Yes, I yeah. guess. I yeah. mean, so uh, there you go. Good for them. But we got more news about uh, WWE and... That's the fact that next week's SmackDown episode will air on Fox Sports 1, Pasty. Yes, Fat Max owned Fox Sports 1. I'm a Fox Sports 1 celebrity, you know. Downgraded. WWE confirmed the schedule change during tonight's SmackDown on Fox. 
SmackDown is being moved from Fox Sport to Fox Sports One next Friday because Fox is scheduled to air the college football Adrian Neville Twelve, for, formerly the Pac Twelve, but you know, <laughs> you know how Vince is. So uh, gotta love, gotta make way for that Adrian Neville Twelve. I love that they're 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 being forced off of Fox for college football. You know those guys don't get paid for what they do, right? <laughs> you know they're the only people who are treated worse than your your contracted. I, I know, your right? Isn't that the truth? <laughs> um, along with that, a one-hour new episode of Talking Smack is scheduled to air on Fox Sports One after SmackDown goes off the air Friday night. SmackDown replay though will air at 11 p.m. Eastern. Next week's SmackDown will be the go-home show for the WWE TLC pay-per-view. God, they don't really give any kind of time. I really like AEW's pay-per-view schedule, you know. And I agree. In comparison to WWE's, it is so much nicer. I'm a fan of having four to six, maybe eight is pushing it, pay-per-views a year. Mm-hmm. I'm good with six. Six is solid. And you can have special events in between them. Yeah. You know. Themed, themed dynamites and themed raws and themed this and that, you know. Why not? Or in WWE has a WWE network. Just have a couple network exclusives, big house shows like they've done in the past. But uh, I agree. <sighs> but that's not the only move that WWE's making, Pasty. No, WWE has announced a new multi-year agreement with IB Sports in South Korea. The new agreement will see NXT begin airing for the first time on broadcast TV in South Korea. IB Sports will continue airing Raw, SmackDown, and WWE pay-per-view events. So in the United States, we have to pay to see NXT and uh, Raw, but in South Korea, they get it on broadcast TV, them lucky bastards. Nice. Let's move Live! Live! Holy shit! Ah, you know, it isn't any worse than here. Hey, one good thing about living in South Korea, if Kim Jong nukes, you know you're probably safe. Exactly. He's not (laughs) nuking you. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that would be... uh... (laughs) If, t- if Kim Jong-un nuked South Korea, that would be a very dark side of North Korea, pasty. <laughs> and, uh, fuck, you know, that, that, that makes me think of uh, Dark Side of the Ring. And uh, due to the success of Dark Side of the Ring series that Vice TV has announced two new docuseries spinoffs that are set to premiere in 2021. God, it's just like those Star Wars spinoffs that are coming out of The Mandalorian all of a sudden. <laughs> We got Dark Side of the Football and Dark Side of the 90s, and they are currently in production now and will premiere next year. The two shows were greenlit because the pro wrestling series Dark Side of the Ring became the highest rated show on Vice TV earlier this year. And the third season of Dark Side of the Ring is currently in production and set to premiere in 2021. This could be good. Dark Side of the 90s I'm super excited for. Dark Side of Football, I mean, I feel like this is going to be to me what dark side of the ring is to non-wrestling fans where it's like, okay, here's some juicy, just deep inside knowledge that, that I can learn about football since I don't get deep into it. Like I do wrestling. Yeah. Hey folks, are you ready to hate Peyton Manning? Watch this. (laughs) 
No, that's pretty cool. I'm really excited for Dark Side of the 90s. I, I'm looking forward to finally feeling terrible about my nostalgia. It's about time. We've been, we, you know, it's been a, a pleasure thing for too long. Let's get it some pain. And speaking of uh, the the dark side of your, your nostalgia pasty, um, Netflix has an, another um, blank that made us, and they have Christmas movies that made us. Ooh. I recommend folks go and watch that. Yeah. The night, the Nightmare Before Christmas one is fucking awesome. I bet it is. I'll and if you watch it, it'll, if you watch, <laughs> if you watch it, it'll definitely give you a new appreciation for the line. What's this? What's this? There's powder everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just leave it at that, folks. I think you can connect Tim the Burton, dots. <laughs> Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp was in the movie Blow. It all makes sense. Okay. <laughs> Now do you, you don't even have to connect that many lines. Not Which really. It's funny because I was just going to talk about how I've, I've been watching It's Always Sunny lately, and I finally saw the episode that meme came from where he's working in the newsroom or the mailroom. They have to get jobs so they can have insurance. Yep. And he's got the conspiracy and the conspiracy board. By the way. You got to drink this uh, coffee and smoke these cigarettes. By the way, speaking of Sunny, did you hear the big news about Sunny? Uh, I don't know that I did. They just got signed on for four more seasons. There's four more seasons coming. If that show lasts as long as my life, I'll be happy. They, they said, um, (laughs) they said they want to keep doing it forever. They have no reason to want to (laughs) stop and none of us want them to stop. So, Hey, I I think, I think you have to stop when Danny DeVito dies. I mean, I know the show has gone on without him and it could, but he's my favorite holograms. Holograms. Okay, okay. Yeah, Frank as a hologram just makes sense in that show. It, it, it really does. <laughs> Not like a realistic hologram like it's him. No, I mean, just, just make some shitty. weird fucking... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a sheet on a mannequin with his face taped onto it. I can see Charlie just like pretending he's still alive with this hologram and they would constantly just replay old clips from other Sonny and Philadelphia episodes and it's Charlie acting like it's real. Yeah. And it's in D and Mac are just all like, dude, give it up. <laughs> no man. <laughs> you know, they, they could replay the episode where somebody shit the bed and Charlie's yes. like, it wasn't me. It was Frank. It's like, dude, come on. That's a hologram. <laughs> that was another one I just watched too. I haven't seen most of that show. And when I do oh, watch really? it, I'm like, where do I start? And so I always started a random season. So I don't watch it in order either. Oh, just start at one and go through. It's one that you can watch every episode separately, but there are a few things that connect, you know. So when or does at least Frank come start in? Because I started. I was gonna say, yeah, I was gonna say I start yeah. the first season and he's not there, and I'm like, well, that takes. Frank, Frank comes in at, at the first episode of season two, so <laughs> you can, I could say watch the first episode of season one because that's um you know titled when the gang the gang gets racist, and that's just yeah. an awesome episode. Yeah. <laughs> There are black people hanging from the rafters. <laughs> nice, Charlie. <laughs> but then you could probably skip to season two, episode one, and get into that. And even the Frank character, I would say, until halfway through season two, isn't really the Frank we know and love. But, oh, just an awesome show. It, it never is such gets a good old. show. When They Go to Hell is one of my favorite episodes, too. That's just an awesome one. The Wade Boggs episode, you can watch that at any time, Pacey. Find the Wade Boggs episode and watch that one. That's probably one of my all-time favorites. 
Speaking of Wade Boggs, he inducted Kurt Henning into the WWE Hall of Fame, pasty. And you know who's not going to be going into the WWE Hall of Fame? These people who are going from this week's comings and goings. Beautiful transition, Fat Mac. I love how we got into Wade Boggs and that really does get right back into wrestling. That's just fucking awesome. Ah, the main event of this week's MLW Fusion saw Low Key pick up a victory over Davy Boy Smith Jr. to advance in the Opera Cup tournament. After the show, Court Bauer participated in a media call to discuss the outcome of the match, revealing that it was actually Davy Boy Smith Jr.'s final bout with the company. Davy Boy's exit in the opening round of the Opera Cup marks the end of this chapter for DBS and MLW. I have immense gratitude for Davey and his contributions inside the MLW ring over the past two and a half years. The MLW system was a great fit for him. Winning the 2019 Opera Cup as well as his run as World Tag Team Champions, a real certified beast. Davey Boy Smith Jr. is the real deal and I wish him luck with whatever comes next. AEW. <laughs> I mean, he's going to go be with uh, BPJ, right? Maybe he could always go back to uh, New Japan, but probably not during this COVID stuff. So I would think he easily at least makes a stop over in AEW. You know, Brian Pillman and Davy Boy. I mean, of course, keep them together and and God, you know, in a in a company where tag team wrestling is so so much the spotlight. I want to see the the heart the heart foundation, the heart dynasty. The I want to see them thrive. Yes. I think they'd be perfect in AEW. Perfect. <sighs> but, Pasty, not everything's perfect in the world of pro wrestling because from time to time, folks get injured. And, of course, that brings us to our injury report. And our injury report starts off as ROH has pulled EC3, Kenny King, Flamita, and Bandito from the upcoming Final Battle pay-per-view due to COVID-19 concerns. Wasn't it just last week we were saying we haven't gotten much COVID-19 news lately? Yeah, yeah. Well, here we go. To, if it's the final Beef Sticks podcast of the year. We got to bring in some COVID news. <laughs> it's really a nostalgia kick. Exactly. It was announced today that the result of pre-travel coronavirus testing, the four performers have been pulled from the December 18th pay-per-view. All four wrestlers are said to be doing well and are resting at home and are expected to return sometime in 2021 when Ring of Honor returns following the pay-per-view. ROH will be announcing changes to the final battle card during Final Battle Hour 1, which airs free from 8 to 9 p.m. the night of the show. So before we move on with the news, just uh, just a heads up to everybody listening, we do have predictions for final battle, but some of them, this changes some of them, and we don't have any any knowledge of what's going in. So we'll figure out what we're doing. Yeah, just like they will. And, of course, on Dynamite this week, Penta L0M was scheduled. That's such a bad name. He needs to come up with something better. Well, I think they just recently started calling him Penta. They, they they had another name from district. I think it was Penta Cerro Miedo. They just took out the L and then added Miedo to the M. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. It's that that Dagum Mexican wrestling man. They just they, you thought WWE has it bad with names. These guys are just L.A. Park and Penta El Cero M. And it's, nobody has their own names. <laughs> Sold it it's, for seven uh, pesos. You know, I said it before in an episode. Just call him Penta Gone. Exactly, I love it because <laughs> the Penta is gone. It's 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 perfectly as tongue in cheek as AEW is any other time. Right, it works wonderful. But Penta El Cero M was scheduled to team with Phoenix and Lance Archer against Eddie Kingston and his fam, the Butcher and the Blade. Early in the match, however, he was put through the table by the butcher and taken to the back. According to a report from Body Slam, this was done because Penta's currently dealing with an injury. It's a broken heart after he had to leave Eddie Kingston's fam. Oh, and his and his name, Pentagon. <laughs> Penta reportedly suffered a leg injury while training a couple of weeks ago. The spot was done to explain his absence. An absence makes the heart grow fonder. Can't you just explain his absence and, and just with an injury? Not have him be there. <laughs> he was injured. <laughs> That's not pro wrestling, no pasty. Penta was filling in for the rug that Joe Biden tripped over when he fractured his foot. <laughs> it was me, Biden. It was me all along. <laughs> Takes off the mask and it's Donald Trump. There is a uh, pretty badass Penta El Cero Miedo M Gone uh, face mask that I want to buy for COVID. It looks pretty awesome. Those things aren't cheap, though. No, they're not. And, Pacey, we're not just missing the the Gone from Penta's name on AEW. We were also missing Santana, surprisingly, because there was this whole – Big old deal with the uh, with with the inner circle this week, but Santana was absent. Well, Chris Jericho said that he wasn't there because of all the internal fighting, which just doesn't make sense in storyline because they were all there to decide whether they were going to stay or go. But in reality, Santana is dealing with a personal issue, and he noted on Instagram that his stepfather recently passed away. So he should be back soon, and we wish all the best for him. Yes. Another interesting thing about that was Jericho hit on the note a few times how either they're going to break up or they're going to continue to grow. So they're going to keep adding more people. Or break up. Well, I mean, the breakup is definitely inevitable, especially since Sammy said if anything happens again. So it's basically like every other faction. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yep. Yep. I dig it. Uh, and this one hits home for a lot of people inside and outside of the wrestling world, Fat Mac. Yeah, and uh, I think it's ironic that we're announcing the news on Friday. It's only fitting. Actor Tommy Tiny Lister Jr. has passed away at only 62. His cause of death is unknown at this time, although I heard it was due to COVID. He got it and got real sick real fast. I heard, but, he, got it. I heard he got it in his good eye. <laughs> Lister had roles in many television shows and movies throughout the decade, his decades-long career. His credits include his most well-known role as Debo in the Friday series, The Fifth Element, 
Jackie Brown, Zootopia, Star Trek Enterprise, and of course, nineteen the nineteen eighty nine movie starring Hulk Hogan, No Holds Barred, where he played Zeus. That appearance led to a brief, albeit fun, run in wrestling, with his biggest match being at SummerSlam 1989, teaming with Macho Man Randy Savage in a losing effort against Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Hulk Hogan. On July 7, 1990, Zeus beat Abdullah, Abdullah the Butcher by countout at a World Wrestling Council show in Puerto Rico. He the also- match nobody knew they ever wanted to see. Right. <laughs> He also showed up in WCW in 1996, where he also worked against Hogan as Z Gangsta. Was he oh, a French? Snap. Was he a French criminal? He was Z Gangsta. I will hit you with my baguette. <laughs> Coming to the ring in a in a beret. Come to, he probably came to, like a you mime. Know, he he came to the ring, and this is true. I'm not making this up. He came to the ring with uh, Prince's uh, Raspberry Beret song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His finishing move was the the Eiffel Tower. Uh, good, good stuff. Good stuff. No, I mean that's sad. I 62, man. That's just nuts. He's if anybody was healthy, it was him. Maybe other than his eye. I don't know. You know, he went blind in one eye. You got to look at things on the on the bright side, though, and that's he lived a hell of a life. That's a lot more living in sixty two years than most people do ever. I'd say oh. most families. You could combine a whole family of people. For sure, and I mean, and just the the movies and TV shows that we named here are just a drop in the bucket. He, you know, he never really starred in anything other than No Holds Barred, but Friday. he was. Just, in so much. Well, he didn't star in Friday. He was oh, a co-star. One of the most iconic characters. What do you Oh, talking? hands down. Um, you know, right after Felicia. Mm. But um but God, and and I've heard from people who have talked about him long before this. I haven't heard anything much about this that he was one of the nicest fellas in the world too. Oh, he was just a a cool guy. Bruce Pritchard has talked about him a lot on something to wrestle with. Um, I remember a story about um, he, he was like the worst wrestler in the world, obviously. He was awful. And not even just for an actor. He was just bad in general. Anybody who's seen him wrestle knows he was horrible, horrible bad. And he, they said he didn't really – he couldn't really pay attention, you know, when, when somebody would – he said somebody would say something like um, – somebody would say, okay, grab me. He would stand there and be like, okay, when? It's like, no, dude, you got to do it. But they said that they found the secret was they gave him a key phrase. And whenever they said the key phrase, he would listen. And so they'd give the key phrase and then say a move or something. And his, his key phrase was free James Brown because around that time, James Brown had been incarcerated for drugs and he felt it was wrong. So these guys were in the middle of the ring being like, free James Brown, Irish whip. <laughs> I could just imagine Tommy can... Lister Jr., the original Festus. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I could just, I could just imagine. Uh, yeah, crazy stuff. Um, Devo may be gone, but he's never forgotten. No, well, yeah, he's 
he's one of those actors we're going to... All these movies you watch multiple times. I do. I don't know. Oh, yeah. So, I'm, I mean, he's going to be... Actually, I'm due for a viewing of Fifth Element real soon. Yeah. But don't, don't mistake him um, for the... Um, Oh, I had a funny joke, and then I just Chris Tucker. Yeah, uh, see, it would have been funnier if I wouldn't have. Is that, is that what you were? Don't mistake him for the Chris Tucker character. It's the other Friday guy. They should have put Ice Cube in Fifth Element too, huh? Right, they should have. Chris <laughs> Tucker was was awesome in Fifth Element. That's yes, my favorite role of his yes. ever. Hands down. So good, so good. And uh, and fun little uh, note here is um, Star Trek Enterprise. He was actually in the very first episode of Star Trek Enterprise. He played a Klingon, so that's kind of. I bet neat. he did. I'm gonna have to go try to pick him out of the crowd. Right. <laughs> he's the one. He's the one that's as looking soon as at you the said camera. Enterprise. I'm like, it had to be a Klingon. Yeah, he's the one that's looking at the camera and stage left at the same time. So Free James Brown. You hear it. <laughs> what if they gotta do that on on this set <laughs> instead of going and action? They're like Free James Brown. <laughs> Man, the pro wrestling world. I just I wish seems like such a fun place to live in. Did he ever make it into the Hall of Fame? WWE? No, but you can best believe 20, uh, 2022, I'm sure he's going in the celebrity wing. Oh, probably. And he's he's one that would deserve it out of yeah, all these other yeah, people I who have been so. in it. He's main evented pay-per-views, you know, and and been in, he's been in WWF, WCW, and World Wrestling Console against Abdullah the Butcher, two guys who could never wrestle a fucking <laughs> match in their life. It's just that a shame he never got to face Great Kali in a Punjabi prison. Match. Oh my God, that'd be the next thing. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't say that there's two other famous names in pro wrestling I've wanted to see less. Like when I, when I was doing research. When he died and I found out that he had a match against Abdullah the Butcher, I was like, I don't even want to go search this out. That's got to be just a horrible Because hor-. first of all, all Abdullah the Butcher can do is is bust you open and make you bleed. Right. And yeah. Ty Mercer is not doing that. He's an actor. He's not going to let you do that. SAG won't let him do it. Oh, yeah. So it's like, so what do you do? I'm sure they both just kind of hit at each other randomly. Not to mention the fact that when you look back now in 2020 and you realize that Abdullah the Butcher had hepatitis C for like 20 years when he was yeah. bleeding on everybody, yeah. then you really you have less respect for old Abby, you know. I love Abby, but that was pretty shitty, Abby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty, pretty fucked up. He's uh, one of the You're darkest only- marks on, on blading, I'd say. Yeah, when, when your only job is to fucking bleed and you got hep C, you just need to fucking retire, buddy. You're done. Well, you might think we're about done as we've had a run of short episodes lately, but baby, we're just getting started. It's time for a double header of predictions. Let's break it on down with Impact's Final Resolution 2020. I guess now yep. we could talk about Kenny Omega on Impact and Tony Khan on Impact and acting as a character for the first time ever. Well, I think it's great, though, Pacey, that our final 
Beef Sticks podcast of the year, we have two predictions for pay-per-views that are final. We have Impact's final resolution now. Then we have Ring of Honor's final battle, which is takes place next Friday, so it's almost impossible for us to make predictions that day, so we got to do it this Friday week. after next. Um, then we got, um, when are they doing that one? They, that's what, that was in production and out of production and in production the last Friday. Last Friday, yeah, yeah. I think it's in production now. It's always but, you know, been, with yeah, 2020 and COVID, and it's hard to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm the only person who actually enjoys, I think, all three of the Friday movies. I think they all have their place. I don't think I've seen all three of them. I know I've seen no. the first one a fuck ton. Oh, of course. But I can't My say son knows that one. What, what was the plot of the second one? The second one is that um, because it, it literally takes place the next Friday. Right. And because of all the shit that went down, uh, Craig has to leave the hood because it's not – it's basically – it's like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> He has to leave the hood because it's not safe for him, so he moves to Rancho Cucamonga with his uncle, who had uh, won the lottery and has this. Isn't this his posh uncle always trying to fuck him and shit? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. His, his uncle's wife or girlfriend or something keeps trying to fuck him. And then in the third movie, the third movie's it's really it could have been any movie. They just put Friday characters in it, but. They uh they're still in Rancho Cucamonga, but they get a job as security guards, and then um there's a there's a subplot involving the whoever the pimp is from the second one. I can't think of his name now. Um, something happens. <laughs> I don't know what happens in the third one? I know that there there's security guards now at the mini mall or the strip mall, and they somehow get wrapped into shenanigans. But oh fun. Yeah, because the second one, one. Yeah, the second thing, the second one is he's hooked on this, this uh, Latinx gal, and yeah. then, um, and then there's the, God, what's the the Hispanic guy's name? I forget his name, but the No More Locked Doors. Yeah, it's, a, it's good. I don't know. I like them all. Yeah. Dade, I like I my, like my the, favorite the Friday character. movie is Don't Be a Menace While Drinking Your Juice with the Boys in the Hood. You know what? So many people of our generation loves that, and I cannot stand that fucking movie. It's so random. It's like it's like Friday is random, but it's it's so random on so many other levels. I don't know. Right. Speaking of random on so many other levels, Pasty, what about the mixed tag match that's going to be on Impact Final Resolution? Yes, Impact, the land where that can happen. We will see Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K. Versus Eddie Edwards and Alicia Edwards. So first of all, since you watched, uh, you did watch Impact Wrestling for the first time in a long yes. time this week, right? And yes. we all admit it was a it was a bad one. This is probably the it worst was one they put. Not a good episode. Long. I think it, we got to state for the record that this was a pre-taped Impact that they just added segments to to make it seem like it was now for the Kenny Omega shit. Correct. But did you not fall in love with Caleb with a K when oh, you were yeah. first interviewed yeah. him? Yeah. He's the That's best, it. isn't he? Yes. That's why I'm <laughs> picking Team TK. And the TK stands for 2 K U T K Y. I love Caleb with a K. He's my guy. 
my son a long time ago, he's like, why is it Caleb with a K? I was like, because it's spelled with a K. <laughs> I just love Caleb with a K. He's my, he's my absolute favorite. I love him to death. Uh, with that being said, I, I got to go with the Edwards, Eddie and Alicia. Um, I don't know what the deal is going into this other than I do love Tennille and Caleb with a K, but <clears throat> I don't know. I think I have a feeling they're going to like, there's been little things that they've been doing, which makes me think that either they're going to maybe reform the beautiful people again or some kind of woman's uh, contingent. I know Madison Rain, it sounds like, might start wrestling again and leave the commentary booth, which I don't like because I love her and, and Josh Matthews together. She does pretty well, yeah. I'll I think I, I think I, I have to believe. She knows what she's I, doing on the commentary table. That's for sure. Right. And I might be wrong. Um, maybe, maybe Jesse Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon was the first duo to do this. But I think Josh Matthews and Madison Rain are the first married couple to do wrestling commentary together. Maybe Gorilla Monsoon and, and Jesse Ventura were married. I don't remember. But other than that, I think they're the first married couple. And that chemistry is just something you can't make. I think you you feel that chemistry. Yeah. I didn't know that they were married, but now I do. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think they really play off each other well. They're, they they I can be I want to see the episodes where they have fights at home and then bring it to work. <laughs> right. <sighs> uh, and then probably the, the best, um, <laughs> the next match has the very best stipulation of all of 2020. This may end up having to go in our beefy awards somewhere. We might have to do it. <laughs> So we've this, got Larry D. This is D definitely versus... straight out of uh, uh, Talking Shop of Mania. Yeah, we've got Larry D. versus Tommy Dreamer in an old school rules match. But that's not the great stipulation. The stipulation is if Larry D. loses, he's charged with attempted murder. I don't like know in... where this came from. You know, I guess if you can put um, a child's paternity on a pole, I guess you can make an old school rules match. What, what, what it comes from is um, Johnny uh, um, Larry D tried to shoot Johnny Bravo during the uh, Taya Valkyrie Johnny Bravo wedding that happened uh, like three months ago or two months ago or something on Impact. So he tried to shoot him with a gun, like legitimately. That was that was their their storyline. He tried to shoot him with a gun. <laughs> uh, and I think he, I think he did shoot him, but he didn't die. I said Johnny, Johnny Bravo didn't die; he's just injured. And um, his butter flesh. Tommy, Tommy Dreamer thinks he should be charged with attempted murder, but, but Scott Diamore is like, hold up! If you really want him to be charged, let's have a match. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best. I have a few people who don't watch Impact Wrestling think we're joking right now because we do make up weird scenarios like this. This is legit. This Gallows is... and Anderson are producers on the show now, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes, they <laughs> yeah. are. <laughs> it makes sense. It but makes I think, sense I think Gallows is. I don't think Anderson is, although he. I'm sure he, you know, gives ideas. But I think I think Gallows is a producer, not Anderson. <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> good, good fucking shit and pasty. Not only does Tommy Dreamer never win, but I just really don't want to see Larry D go get hauled off to jail, so I'm I'm picking Larry D for this one. 
And at this moment, I am so glad to have the curse to always have to choose Tommy Tommy Dreamer to win a match because I I don't know who Larry D is, but he can get locked up. <laughs> I love it so much. I I love this shit. We need Matt Hardy back. That's uh, so good. That's so good. Ah, uh, then we have guest ref Kira Hogan, guest announcer Tasha Steeles in a Hernandez versus Fala Ba match. This is a lot of stipulation. Uh, I'm assuming both the, the the ref and the announcer are going to be involved somehow. <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, long story short, back. It, Wrestling backstage for fun, Falaba had uh, won a bunch of money betting on on winning stuff. And if anybody knows who Falaba is, he's a huge dude, big big boy. Anyways, so his money has gotten stolen, and then he's won it back in a couple matches. And um, Hernandez, I think, wants his money, but I don't know that his money's up for grab here. But I know that, um, or no, I think Hernandez has his money because. Um, it was up in a match, and Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, who, FYI, I'm picking for the Knockouts Tag Team Champions um, after the uh, the tournament. I think they're winning the tournament, and I hope they do, but maybe not. Nonetheless, so they're on the side of Hernandez. They're the heels, and Falaba is the, the face. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with Father's Balls. We like your father's balls very much. Yes. Yeah, I am too. Falaba, he's the face. He's got everything against him. But he's a big-ass dude. Hernandez doesn't get hurt losing. And um, I, I, I want to see Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. I don't. Uh, I want to see him get away from Hernandez. I want him to be the first... The f- first reintroduced knockouts tag team champions, I should say, because not the first ever, obviously, but right. and do something there. I honestly, I don't think they're going to win it, but I- I'm hoping they do, and that's what I'm going with. All right. Then we got a tag match coming up with uh, Team Pasty. Just told me he doesn't know much about, but are two of the best on the uh, indie scene and in the non WWE AEW team, which is Team C Stars. Get it, C Stars, like sisters. Oh. Ashley Vox and Delmi Exo. I'm not taking sure those on, are actual names. They are. <laughs> <laughs> taking on Havoc and Nevea. Um, I think Havoc and Nevea are winning the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. That's who I think is going to win, even though I want Kira and Steels to. And for that reason, I think it would be bad for them to lose on the final pay-per-view before... They have the tournament. So I'm going to say Havoc and Nevaeh win, even though I love, especially Ashley Vox. Delmi Exo I've only really seen with with her as C-Stars, but um, Ashley Vox is an awesome performer, and she needs to, she belongs in in Impact where the women shine. So C-Stars are awesome, but I'm picking Havoc and Nevaeh. I'm going Havoc and Nevaeh as well, just to put some pressure on this pay-per-view a little bit. Under pressure. Uh, then we have Machine Gun Carl Anderson versus Ethan Page. 
Don't know why, but I'm going to go with Ethan Page. Um, Mostly because it, it's not a tag team match and stuff. but Yeah, I don't know why, but I'm going with Machine Gun Anderson. I think that's the better pick. <laughs> these, two, the, uh, these two, I believe, have a match coming up. I don't know if it's the next pay-per-view or if it's... Um, I think it's... It, I don't know. I'm just... I'm talking now. But I do know that the North and the Good Brothers have a tag match coming up. So, obviously, this is just kind of put in there to do that. But, yeah, I'm going Machine Gun. All right. Moving on, we got Eric Young versus Rhino. Ooh, and uh, um, if Eric Young can't beat Rhino, Pace the Eats his hat match. I'm I'm telling you, I'm I'm going EY. Rhino is Rhino's fun and he's good for putting people over. Um, I don't you like don't win matches that veterans way, like these. No, no, and I just I don't like this match. I don't like Eric Young versus Rhino. I think it's it's I think it's a waste when they could have Eric Young with somebody else and Rhino with somebody else. I'm going Eric Young. Rhino is just a a, a player who's just there right now to add a little name recognition and collect a paycheck. Eric Young is slowly becoming one of the faces of the company, if not already. So, Eric Young. Yeah, yeah. Then we have Defeat Rohit X Division Challenge. TJP can't challenge. And it's Rohit Raju versus TBA. I don't know about you, but I got to pick my boy PJT. (laughs) So, I'm... I don't know what to pick here. I really don't because I see two things happening. One, well, I see one thing happening. Let me say that. The thing I see happening is TJP, who is one of like 25 people who have played suicide in the past, I think is going to beat Rohit Raju as suicide during one of these defeat Rohit challenges that TJP can't be a part of. With that being said... I don't know that it's tonight. Um, it's where I would do it, but I, I think I'm, I'm going to go with Rohit Raju, but I do think in the future, quote unquote, suicide is going to beat him and it's going to be TJP in the suicide okay. outfit. So if suicide does it at this pay-per-view, I get that point. Cause I said PJT. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, yeah. Suicide PJT. Yeah. Whatever you want. I mean, he, he easily could win it, and I think that's where the story's going. I just don't know when they pull the trigger. Get it, suicide, pull the trigger. Kurt Cobain, dark side of the 90s. Come on, it's all coming together. That's callback, folks. Uh, yes. No, that should be a good one, I think, depending on who shows up. <laughs> yeah, if, if it is TJP, it's going to be awesome. You know that. <laughs> We get the Knockouts Championship match, Deanna Perrazzo versus Rosemary. This is going to be fun. After Impact, I think they had the best showcasing on the entire episode of Impact. Great. Uh, I think this is going to be a really fun match. I'm going with the Virtuosa. I I don't think Rosemary's... I would think that she would lose it. I would think that Deanna Perrazzo would lose it here, but I just don't see Rosemary being the next champion. So I, I don't see Rosemary beating the Virtuosa. I almost think it's got to be Sue Young or I don't know, but I, I'm going Deanna Prazo. She's keeping it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Rosemary because I like Rosemary and she's a badass. Yeah, and a, and a good herb when you're cooking also, especially pork. Yes. Rosemary yes. goes really good with pork. 
And then we have the Impact World Championship. On the line as Rich Swan defends his gold against Chris Bay. Obviously, I'm, go I'm going with Swan here. I, I really like Chris Bay, but yeah, he is not beating Swan. Plus, I think we all see a uh, Rich Swan... Uh, Impact Champion versus Kenny Omega AEW Champion non-title match coming up in the future. That would be and you're not going to have Omega versus Chris Bay. <laughs> no, I, I like Chris Bay, but let's just, you know, people are where they are. Yeah, I'm with you, Rich Swan. Uh. And then, Pasty, uh, we got to have a tiebreaker, and the tiebreaker is the Suicide Answer the Rohit Challenge. Does that work for you? As a, I just thought of another. I, I suppose. I guess. Better, better. By my pick, I think I have to say yes. Then, right? I don't care. I just, I just realize, you know, half the time we do these, we don't realize. I don't realize till we're at the end that we don't have a fucking tiebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta pick something. Uh, that works. And I'll go no, because I guess that works, because that was our picks anyways. Um, anything you want to discuss with the, the Impact AEW deal that we had going on that we didn't really touch on? Oh, oh I mean, other than Tony Khan came in the middle of the show and said that he will allow Kenny Omega to do this, but he could stop it if he wanted to, and he could even buy the company if he wanted to, but instead he was just going to support the company and air ad for AEW. Which, which, a lot of people are like, why are you doing the character work? I mean... Yeah, it's very I, Vince McMahon. I get it, but at the same point, he shouldn't be on the side of Kenny Omega, who just stole the championship from John Moxley, right? Right. right. I mean, if you're going to oh, do 100%. a character, you got to be pissed at Omega. He was pissed at Omega when they left the the arena after after Dynamite last week, you know? Yeah. What was that? Thing... What are you doing? Uh, and then... It's just the whole thing doesn't make a lot of sense, and it makes you wonder. Like, it feels like we, uh, it feels like it's very knee jerk from both AEW and Impact, and it just makes you wonder what happened. And I just, I was thinking this <clears throat> when I was watching Impact, and I don't believe this to be true, but with as knee jerk as this is, and as I was like. Did fucking Sting say something about if he's signing, they have to be able to work with Impact? Because Sting's an Impact I would assume, guy. Yeah, I would assume Sting is a big bridge for this and it relationship. Was like, God, was that? I don't see why it would be, <clears throat> other than, obviously, he... It, what's weird to me is weeks ago, Tony Khan held a press conference, and he said they had huge plans coming for the end of the year and beyond. So, you right. know, it and sounds brought, like there's actual plans, and then this all seems... Kind then of he brought Pac in. Uh, yeah, you know, he looked well. He originally he said he had huge plans next week, and then he brought Pac in, and then everybody said, "What the fuck?" And then he's like, "No, no, 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 no. I meant, I meant going forward." And then he brought Sting in, and then this, and I will admit, Sting and this are huge. Oh yeah, but I, I, I almost feel like I've, I've seen enough wrestling in my life. I almost feel like he did not have, for sure, the Impact deal planned out at that time. Let alone maybe even the Sting deal, but. I don't know. It, I just don't. They, I like Impact and AEW working together. I just so far don't like what they're doing with it. And, and obviously, it's only been two shows. 
Right. And I, okay, I guess I did like the AEW portion of it. I like Don Callis coming in and we also and have to think to too. Like I said before, they're taped up. Impact is taped up through the end of the year. So when the beginning of next year starts, it should be all new shit, and I think it'll feel a lot better. It's right. But be with that being tough. said, if Tony Khan had this planned a month ago, Tony Khan should have been working with Callis and Diamor to have stuff in the bag for them. Like there should have been a month preparation for this episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, again, it's like I I I don't know what they're doing, and that's not always a bad thing. Um. We've just seen so many crossovers go so no, wrong. That was another thing I was hoping going into watching Impact this week was like I had heard that they had been pre-taped through the end of the year prior to, and I was hoping maybe they just called everybody up and said, "Hey, we got to record another new episode to insert at this point in time." Right. So things have to feel different, uh, but that's not what they did. <laughs> yeah, and as, as I mentioned before, we went on the air to you. I was like, "You have all this stuff." pre-taped and especially with there being no audiences yeah why didn't you handpick some stuff and get like your best four or five matches and put them on like the best four of what's pre-recorded and put them on there you know i I watched on twitch and on twitch you just have a short commercial break and then they just air some of impact's greatest hits it's where i messaged you they just aired a generation me motor city machine guns match right in the middle of this other match and then it was later i realized oh they're doing that in the commercial breaks and so you wouldn't see it on TV, but you're seeing it on Impact. Right, and, on that, and, that, and, and that makes And I think Twitch is where people would, yeah. Because of, cause obviously Gen Me is Young Bucks and their VPs. Uh-huh. But it's like, why couldn't you, if you had, if you have another month already in the can, why don't you go through that future month of matches we haven't seen and grab the best ones out of there and put them all on this one? Yeah. And really then give yourself some time to record some other stuff or something. I just, yeah. It just didn't come off. The fact is, I'm a huge Impact Wrestling fan, and I've been watching Impact most every week for the last couple months, and this is the worst one I've seen in a long time. And yeah, it was a very disappointing episode of Impact. It, it didn't showcase really anything. And it's um, their highest rated one, so now you yeah. got a bunch of people coming in to see it. And I, and I they think it's a shitty show. Yeah, and I wouldn't blame them. Yep. Yep, no, that's the because uh, I was watching live, and, and the, <laughs> the Twitch chat was pretty negative the entire time which i'm assuming most twitch chats are but right but it would have well, been then, helpful and then plus you got kenny omega and tony khan and you got don Callis, who is an executive in impact <clears throat> and you have them uh cut a promo where they're basically just talking about how shitty impact is and how shit they would you know they, they you wouldn't let rich swan on the bus and said you're not on our level or whatever and it's like so everybody who hasn't seen Impact for probably years is tuning in, and the people they recognize, Omega and whatnot, are telling them that this is just shit. And mm-hmm. it reminds me of when, and I said this to you also, when WWE had a working relationship with ECW in 97-98, uh, and ECW was on WWE Raw, and they just lost every time. And the announcers were talking about how shitty the ECW wrestlers are and how bad they are. And then they'd have WWE wrestlers go over to ECW. And then they'd have those WWE wrestlers, like, whoop their ass and talk about how shitty they are. And it's like, if you're trying to build up this smaller organization, build them up. Don't shit on them. You don't have to, like, let them beat your top guy every fucking night. 
but you also shouldn't shit on them. You know, throw them a few smaller talent mid-card guys and have them beat them and talk about how, you know, wow, you know, you don't see these guys all the time, but they sure have the heart, and I can see them going places, and I could almost see this guy as a WWF champion someday or something. I just, I don't get what you're doing. I don't know how it's helping. Well, it was fairly upsetting, too, to sit through two hours of a of a lackluster episode of Impact just for them to change the nameplate on Kenny Omega's title and say, oh, we'll tell you more tomorrow on Dynamite. And then they didn't yeah. do that either. The, the, the promo on Dynamite was almost verbatim exactly the same promo they cut on Impact. But if you're trying to turn Kenny Omega heel and piss fans off by promising these announcements that never come... I guess that's a good way because most people are going to be behind Kenny Omega and it's going to be hard to turn them against him, you know? Not, yeah. Kenny Omega's talented. He can get people to hate him. Kenny Omega was a heel in New Japan, but he never came off that way to me, being an American wrestling fan. You know what I mean? Right, but the audience hated him there, right? Well, yeah, yeah. They despised him. But they loved him, too. I guess it comes back to uh, what Jr. constantly says: if you, you know, if you're if you're not getting over as a heel because everybody likes you so much, then you're not good at your job. Because mm. a good a good wrestler can make people hate them, mm. no matter what, if that's their job. MJF and I think Omega can. Yeah, and Omega can. He can make them hate him. And maybe this is their way to do it. I don't know. Well, I mean, we're all going to have to wait and see, and, and obviously this makes for an even more exciting 2021 going in the future. Uh-huh. Oh, my God, what if Kenny Omega shows up to defeat Rohit? That would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, but it would be But then he has awesome. the X Division Championship, and then he can get his match for the main championship, right? Uh yeah, if that's what they're still doing. I don't know how that's playing out right now. But that was always the stipulation, yes. Well, not always, just on and off. Yeah. It would be cool, though, to see somebody like um, Jungle Boy or, or you know, Darby Allen or Sammy Guevara show up and challenge him for it. That would be yeah, really would. neat. Yeah. Since it is an open challenge, it's not even necessarily an impact challenge. Boy, now that you say that, God. Yeah, the, the possibilities just exploded, <laughs> didn't they? <laughs> it certainly did. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I would assume I, I, I would assume we're gonna see some sort of AEW presence on that pay per view. I would expect it, but I don't know. You, you, I would hope so. It's their first live show since the whole Don Callis deal, so I would hope mm. so. I don't know. Anything else you have before we move on to Ring of Honor? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Well, with that being said, Pasty, let's move on into Ring of Honor's final battle 2020 predictions. And Pasty, we're going to start it off here with a match where the winner of this four-way will get a shot at the Ring of Honor TV title later on in the show. So whoever wins this is going to be wrestling twice. We got Tony Deepin versus LSG versus Josh Woods versus Dak Draper. Yes. You know anybody? <laughs> well, you know me. I'm always playing with my wood. 
That is that is true. So I'm going with. <laughs> um, I think it comes down to Draper or LSG myself, but uh, being I like as some LSD, but that's wholly, wholly different. That is true. Um, Dragon Lee is the current TV champion, or Ryu Lee, if you're outside of the United States. Ryu Lee, if you're nasty. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, I don't think he's going to go on to win the, the TV title, but I would love to see the Human Rocket LSG versus Ryu Lee for the TV championship. I think they could just tear the fucking house down. So I'm picking LSG to win this match. All right. Also, disclaimer, folks, Ring of Honor has been pretty absent for a while. I don't know most of what's going on on this pay-per-view. I'm just calling it as I guess. <laughs> I, I really don't know pretty much whatever stories there may be going into this. I don't know. Yeah, there's names I, I recognize, but I can't put a face to them. It's interesting. Yeah. Up next, we have Dan Housen gets a Ring of Honor contract. If he wins. And it's Dan Housen taking on Brian Johnson. God, that's the most creative name I've ever heard of, isn't it? Yes. Brian Johnson. Who would have thought Real of that? BJ. Um, nine times out of ten, if it's a contract match, that person's winning it. Dan Housen has been a huge name on the indies, and Ring of Honor would be stupid not to sign him with everybody picking up so much great indie talent right now. So, and of course, this is kayfabe. He might already have a contract, or they could always give him a contract later and do some other stuff. But I'm still, I'm going with Dan Housen. I think he picks this one up. Well, you know me, I'm always playing with my Johnson. <laughs> Everything's going to be dick. <laughs> Father's balls. Uh. Yeah. Yes, yes. I don't know. Dan Housen could lose. Um, he go could. somewhere else. He could. Be a maybe good he's way got to showcase a, him. You know? Maybe he's got an AEW contract waiting for him or an Impact contract waiting for him, and this is their way to, you know, they've used him for a while because they have had him. I know they've, they've had him for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Then Pasty, we got a tag match coming up, but this is a pure rules tag match. So the same rules that apply in a pure championship match apply in this tag match. We got Fred Yehai and Wheeler Yuta versus the foundation comprised of Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus. Yes. Are they going to do a pure tag team championships then? I don't think so. And okay. I just don't think they even have the roster to do that. No, but, but... I, I mean, it's always, uh, always, it's always good to be able to use pure rules in various different types of matches. So you don't have to have the championship necessarily, you know, but be able to still have the kind of match that a lot of us really love. Mm-hmm. And pure rules, just as a refresher, I believe there's only three rope breaks. Correct. You only get three rope breaks in a match. The uh, outside, you know, uh, your count out is 20 minutes. 20 if seconds. you are 20, oh, 20 minutes, just go do what you want. <laughs> That's not um, <laughs> you, All um, weapons are allowed. No it's just a hardcore match, really. <laughs> 
No closed fist punches. If you do a closed fist punch, you lose a rope break. If you have no more rope breaks left, it's an automatic disqualification. Pure Championship can trade places on a disqualification because you have many options to not have to have a disqualification. You're supposed to play by the rules. Um, it used to be every match had to start with a handshake, and the couple I watched in the tournament have started with a handshake, even with the COVID thing, but... You know, people were saying, would they do it with COVID? And it's like, well, they're just going to fucking come and grab each out. other a second ago, so... Let's just make out. Everybody makes out. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that was the original pure rules, which I think are, are pretty similar. Um, I see Ciampa Thatcher in a pure rules match. That would be awesome. And, of course, for anybody who doesn't really know the, the foundation, unless it's changed uh, recently, it was, um, of course... Our two buddies here, Tracy Williams, Rhett Titus, along with Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham. So Mm -hmm. um, I like the foundation. I'm not a Rhett Titus fan, but everything else I I very much enjoy of it. Well, hey, a few months ago, neither of us liked Kyle O'Reilly either. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with the foundation. Uh, They're they're a team I know of. So right. That's the thing. And Yehi and Yuta are fun things to shout while you're going up and down hills, but Yee Yuta <laughs> I'm pretty sure isn't that just uh the sounds that Mario makes in Mario sixty four yeah. when you do the triple jump? Woo! Yee Yuta <laughs> I think that's too what it true. Is. Too true. Um I'm with you. I'm going uh foundation, especially Pure championship rules. Jonathan Gresham has the pure championship, so it just kind of makes sense. Plus, yeah, I'm with you. These two guys are going to win. Heck yeah. Then we have a potential grudge match, or maybe not, because people got COVID. Um, EC3 versus Jay Briscoe. God, that's a match I want to see. And if I'm robbed of it, I'm going to be mad. Well, you're not going to get it because EC3 will not be able to be there due to COVID. So what, what they're going line? to do. <laughs> Doctor cleared me this morning. Yeah, what they're going to do, I don't know. But yeah, I EC3 was super is rich enough that he was this. able to buy two doses of the vaccination three weeks ago to prepare for this match. <laughs> but then he bought two more doses of the vaccination and had somebody poison Jay Briscoe with it. So he had no excuse. <laughs> that's good story yeah, this, right there this was one of my sleeper <laughs> matches I, I don't even know if it was a sleeper match it was one of the matches I thought could run away with it yeah this would be so cool because I've never seen EC3 do what everybody says he's so good at and and so I think Jay Briscoe would really drag that out of him oh shit yeah so I guess um, this match and the next match are affected but let's just let's just give our predictions just because you, know, you never know what's going to happen but I mean what else do we do Right. So, um, I'm going EC3. I'm going Briscoe. Sounds good. Up next, we were supposed to have a six-man tag team championship match. Mexi Squad, comprised of Bandido, Flamita, and Ray Horace. Somebody needs Defend- to tell Vince that's how you do it and not Lucha House Party. Right. Uh, take, uh, defending their championships against Shane Taylor Promotions. Quan Moses, and Shane Taylor. 
So if this match would have happened, see it will happen. Bandito go to the top while everybody's outside, and he's gonna jump on everybody, and then Moses puts out his arms, and the crowd splits, and Bandito falls <laughs> on his ass. That would be the coolest thing ever, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would just be the the Dagon bee's knees. I would love that. <laughs> Uh, I gotta go with the Mexi squad because they got a badass name and I like it. And they're all really good wrestlers. I'm not gonna take that away from them. I know who these people are. I'm not sure I know who Quan Moses. I think I know who Shane Taylor is, but that could be Chuck Taylor. And uh, no, you know, you know Shane Taylor. He's the uh, suplex guy, and his ring wear always has SP SPLX. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's. He's badass. I love Shane Taylor. He was wasn't he like on on two episodes of AEW and then they just let him go, which I don't understand. But it happens. You can't have everybody. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm go. I'm going with uh Shane Taylor Productions just because. Um, well, it's not gonna fucking happen anyways. But yeah, I see. I see these guys out muscling them. But would have been a fun match to see. I love. I love trios matches. I love the fact that ROH has a six-man title. Even though I'm not for bringing a ton of championships in, I would love to see AEW bring in a trios title. Yeah. But maybe they could just abscond Ring of Honors since you know Ring of Honors lost a lot of people this year. You know <laughs> they probably don't have enough people. This is this is their whole division is this match, <laughs> right? Then we have a tag match seeing the OGK, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett versus the Righteous, Vincent and Bateman. Well, I don't care for Matt Taven. <clears throat> I'm ho-hum on Mike Bennett. Vincent uh, is actually solid. And Didn't Bateman... Mike Bennett just get his ass kicked this week in like his first match back or something? I'm pretty sure I saw that on the YouTubes. Did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, poor, poor bastard. Uh, but Bateman, he has one of the best mustaches known to man. Uh, just, just awesome. I'm, I'm picking the righteous here, buddy. I don't think Taven and, and Bennett deserve it. I just don't think they deserve it, pasty. Well, Mac, that's a righteous pick, but you know me, always smoking my OG Kush. I, you'll do that sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going with OGK. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, moving on from the the, the second kingdom, if you will. Moving onto, on from the syphilis. From syphilis. No, I still got that. It's it hasn't moved on. Um. TV championship match. We got a Dragon Lee defending his championship against whoever wins the match earlier in the night to get a shot at the TV title. So it'll either be Tony Depp and LSG, Josh Woods, or Dak Draper. Pasty, what do you think is going to happen? We know at least one of those four it's going to be against him, so we got a little more to go off of than just to be announced. Yeah, yeah. Slightly, I still think slightly. Dragon Lee only fights one match on this card. That's my pick. The guy who doesn't have to do two matches. And that's always, um, you know, that's, that's 
That's putting some common sense in there, Pasty. I like that. Yes. A little logic to an illogical situation. I'm with you, though. Like I said, if, if my if my plan all goes according to how I set it up, Human Rocket's going to go and face Dragon Lee in a badass match that Dragon Lee keeps the title. Oh, it's going to be Dragon wood, and Dragon Lee's going to slap my wood around. He might. He might. He'll pull. He'll pull out the Ryu and Hurukin on your wood. Then uh, I'm excited for this match: Zag Team Championship match. The Foundation, Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham defending their gold against Mark Briscoe and PCO. Wow. Badass, yes. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I almost see this match becoming a six-man tag. And I see PCO, Mark, and Jay Briscoe, who probably isn't going to get his match with, with EC3, facing Jay Lethal, Jonathan Gresham, the only question is, who else do we get? The only members of the foundation I know of are those four, Williams, Titus, Gresham, Lethal. You know, do they take somebody from the six-man? That's probably going to turn into a one-on-one or maybe a tag. Could we get Shane Taylor with Could the foundation? A villain? Ooh. Ooh. Ah, no, that's not going to happen. Not I don't the... know. We just got Neville back for AEW. That means the borders is open. Yeah, but it still doesn't change sexual abuse. So I just don't think he's ever coming back. I think he's done. I don't think the speaking out movement has ran its course yet. And it shouldn't. Right. So I it, that would be awesome. Don't get me wrong. As much as uh, what what he allegedly did, I think is deplorable as as a talent. It was fucking amazing, and I love watching him wrestle. As much as I can go and watch a Chris Benoit match and still enjoy the match, even though I despise the human being. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, I, I think that's my, my thing. There is that I just I haven't heard any follow up beyond the accusation. You know what I mean? Most of the other ones we've reported on it multiple times. With him, it was just the accusation, and then he was leaving Ring of Honor. And I kind of just assumed that was, you know, the borders were closing because of COVID, and he isn't an American citizen. Right. That that could be. I really don't know, obviously. So my prediction is that this match is going to change. This could be the match that gets changed with everything going on. But I'm just going to go off of what we have right now, and I'm... How many we got actually we got quite a few different I think I'm I'm gonna go with uh Briscoe and PCO also. I just I think the foundation wins the tag match and I just don't see them taking both uh, plus Gresham being a pure champion, he doesn't need to t- uh, God, I'm, I'm so <laughs> – this one is so hard because so many it different is. things can change. Uh-huh. And it's like I, I don't know what – again, we haven't watched Ring of Honor, so I don't know what the PCO-Briscoe bond is. I don't know what's going on there. 
I, I'm, I, you know, what? I'm going to go Briscoe and PCO. Why not? I think, I think I'm picking them. Or as I like to call them, hearkening back to the days of old in WWE, Team PCB. Exactly. (laughs) I know. Makes me wonder because of the next match, too. It's just so much is going on here. Bringing up the next match, we got the Ring of Honor Pure Championship match. Jonathan Gresham again battling it out. And if there's anybody who can go multiple matches, Gresham, definitely. He's a, he's an Iron Man. He's taking on our good buddy Flip Gordon. And um, what do you got here, Pacey? This is a pure championship match, pure championship rules. I don't, I don't know if he can hang with the pure rules, but I think Flip Gordon wins this. I think maybe maybe I'm wrong at the tag team and the foundation keep their gold and, and maybe Gresham loses his pure. But I, I, I see Flip with a victory here. So that's what I'm wondering. So Especially if the... I almost really... I actually really... Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up. Is that okay, Pasty? Yeah, you go right ahead. I'm going to give the foundation a clean sweep here. I'm going to give the foundation a clean sweep here just because fucking they deserve it. Um, Yeah, I'm going with Jonathan Gresham keeping it. The pure championship harkens back to the days of uh, Frank Gotch and Luthez and Pat O'Connor. And Flip Gordon. Well, and and he's just had the pure championship, and they've only had so – I don't know that he's even defended the championship yet. I don't believe he has. So I think it would just be an insult to the title for him to lose it this soon. I just I think he can't do it. But if I'm going to pick him here, and if I pick, I'm just going to go foundation all the way. They let's let's see them uh, undisputed era of the Ring of Honor. I like Since it. undisputed era was the original, you know, Ring of Honor with the future shock and then the the kingdom they were the ogk they were the original kingdom but now they're not i'm i'm going with it i'm going with it jonathan gresham keeps it all right and that brings us to the main event fat mac the ring of honor world championship match seeing roosh taking on brody king um Let's see. Give me a refresher on who Brody King is real quick. Um, Kind of like the, the name kind of implies. You think of a Brody Lee. You think of a, um, a Bruiser Brody. You think of a King Kong Bundy. He is a uh, – he's kind of a, a, a beast of a dude. He's got the – you know, he's tatted, bearded – muscular um slow uh you know uh yeah yeah he's the you know of of the villain enterprises which i don't know if that still exists anymore or not fuck if i know you know he was the muscle okay villain enterprises that's where i reckon okay now now i see him now i know him okay yeah okay there you go yep yeah you had pco skrull our old boy flippy go um, so, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with Brody King, even though I think he's coming in as the, uh, 
the underdog. But I don't think there's any villain enterprises anymore. And uh, Rush's brother, old Ryu Lee, I think is going to keep the TV championship. And uh, I don't know what that has to do with Rush holding on to this one or not, but that's my thinking. I'm going Brody King, buddy. All right. I'm going to go with Rush because it's Rush. And, and and Kenny Omega could show up and cause a disqualification in which Roosh would keep his championship. Yeah, and you can never go wrong with uh, with Roosh. Although, to, to be fair, Pasty, I'm, I'm just going with your logic here. If Kenny Omega shows up and has a disqualification, Roosh loses the match. We're not asking who walks away with the championship. Oh, right? yeah, 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 the yeah, match. yeah. So just think with your head, buddy. I'm just, I'm just pointing that out. I just want... Want all the cards on the table. Mm, I'm still going, Roosh. All right. We can dig it. All right. And that brings us to... Does Kenny Omega show up? <laughs> do you really want to do that? <laughs> I mean... That's a pretty obvious one, okay. I think. He doesn't. Does Marty Skrull show up? <laughs> Are you well, really honestly, what you want to... I... <laughs> I mean, what do you... <laughs> I don't know. I, what else? I, don't I know haven't either. watched Ring of Honor. I don't even know what Ring of Honor is anymore, Fat Mac. I, I'm with you. I, I don't either. So, um, will it be a good pay per view? That could be the tiebreaker. Yeah, but that's so subjective. <laughs> I, I want to think. I want to put something into there about you know the, the matches that are changing. I don't know what, but what to do or what to do or what to do or what to do. <laughs> Uh, I don't have a good tiebreaker, Pasty. What if we just don't have one? And then it's going to end in a tie. Let's, the tiebreaker can be who won the Impact Final Resolution. Since this is right, an ongoing right, thing, that just means the person just, then that means the person's going to automatically win two of them. If, if it Only comes if to it's a tie. a tie. Yeah. I don't think it's got good odds that it's going to come to a tie. We didn't pick the same very much. All right, we'll just go with the uh, final resolution winner. Oh, no, it's the resolution. <laughs> winner wins tie. I, I, I don't have continuity since we're taking a break and coming back. And Yeah, I legit don't have a better... Uh, to, to be fair, to be fair, not only do I not have a better tiebreaker, but it, you could... You could win both these matches, and it's really not affecting <laughs> the final tally. I guess the other so, one could be is Flip Gordon disqualified for violating pure championship rules or something. But we can go with this. if he does lose, I see that being it. Like he runs out of rope breaks, and then he can't, you know, can't break a rope. You try breaking those ropes. That should ain't easy. Oh, I seen somebody take a chainsaw to him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's about, that's about it for this year, Pasty. Yes, it's been a weird, weird year. Let's hope uh, next year is far better. And to be fair, who would have thought that uh, this final, this final one, we'd go almost uh, two and a half hours in it? Yeah, two Creeping hours, ten minutes, my friend. Oh, two ten. There you go. So more than I thought we would right get out of this. Yeah. For sure. With that being said, though, Pasty, uh, 
for Fat Mac for this whole year saying goodbye to 2020. I'll just leave you with um, cancer. Spread it like love. Yes. And now, for a glorious two to four week span, I'm not sure when Wrestle Kingdom is, but that's when we'll be back. <laughs> with the Beefy Awards. The Beefies. Uh, we, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you guys can finally wake up and be yourselves. For more than seven days. So now, I must bid you adieu. Goodbye, Smooch. And good night. Bang! Snap out of it. <laughs>